3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hi, this is Lauren from Jasper, Georgia. We are at Walt Disney World for the Princess Weekend, and you are listening to the Rise and Run podcast. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to episode 88 of the Rise and Run podcast. Lauren, thank you for leaving that lovely introduction for us. We appreciate it so much. That goes back to Princess Weekend when Laura left us that intro. Hey, if you'd like to leave us an intro now, don't forget, give us a call, 727-266-2344. You can leave us a recorded intro. We'd be happy to play it. Welcome, everyone. I'm Bob. I'm here this evening with Lexi. Hello. With John. Hey, how you doing? With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With Allie. Hi, friends. With Alicia. Hello. And with Jack. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, friends. N- news from the gang. Now this is this is off script, so folks, not, my the, my friends here are probably not going to be ready for this. Allie, what did you do? Well, I I broke myself. Why? <laughs> um, you know, I was doing some cross training, and I was skating at the skate park, and I fell down and I punched the ground, and I guess the ground didn't want to be punched because broke, concrete ground. It broke my hand. Yeah. Yep. But you know what? Summer's coming up. So running in a cast outside in the summer is something I've yeah. never done before. Right. And so I always like new and fun experiences. So uh, yeah. I figured I'd it, try this one this year. That LD. Yeah. Surprisingly, she's not on pain meds when she says that. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that's, what she's, that's what she's telling <laughs> From us. From the heart. Anyway. You're going to have yeah. to have a, a good tanning session when you're done because you have the weird tan lines. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. No. That's yes, very lady. true, John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're sorry that happened. I mean, we joke about it. I'm glad we can joke about it, Allie. No surgery. That's the good news. Yeah, no surgery. And you know what? I, it's not my legs, so I can still run, which is a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll get, you'll get by it. I, I really, we really are sorry that happened. I hope you're doing okay. But, uh, yep. Wanted to tell our friends what happened there. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, friends, we'll keep you posted. I'll let you know how itchy it gets every single week. <laughs> oh, well, are you in a cast now? I am in a cast. Yeah. Yep. I got a cool cast. You got a black cast. Oh, I so we can't bl- sign it. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. She'll yeah, have stickers we'll some, on it. Yeah, we'll get go. some silver yeah. markers or something. We'll we'll make it fun. A rise I, and run sticker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Paint a logo on there. Yeah, I, I hadn't been in, in my entire life. I was in a cast once. I guess I was 60 years old or something. And they come in and they say, what color do you want? What? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll just put the hotline on there. Yeah. Yeah. Put the phone number. <laughs> It'll just be a walking billboard. It'll be great. Oh, this space stuff. for rent. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry it's happened, but I'm glad we can joke about it. And yep. uh, you'll get past it, Allie. Wish you the best. Hey. Allie alluded to training. Let's take a look at the numbers. 22 weeks from today is the Wine and Dine Expo. Woohoo! 
we're creeping up there. We're getting yep. there. 31 weeks to actually the marathon weekend 5k. It's actually 31 weeks from today. Counting down to training time. 25 days until we start training for marathon weekend a week more before we start training for wine and dine weekend at 32 days. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. We're getting there. We're I getting thought there. we just finished. <laughs> it's, isn't this funny? Isn't it funny? Like Lexi, how that happens. Totally. We finish and we go, Oh my gosh, we have so long. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, we're starting to train and all that. So we're getting there. Hey folks, good episode tonight. We got a friend who has returned. You may remember meeting Martinez. Evans back in September of last year, episode 47. Martinez came to talk with us about his podcast at the time. Really neat guy. Now he's got a book coming out and we get to talk to him about his book. This is very exciting. Stick around for that race report tonight. We're still talking about the keys only instead of the keys 100 this time, our buddy Jason did his first ultra, the keys 50. We'll be back to the regular race report spotlight next week. We'll, we'll talk to some of you. You'll also notice that some friends have called the hotline and their reports will appear when we get to the race report later on. Uh, stick around for that race report. We've got some interesting stuff at the end of it also. Friends, the Rise Run podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at Magic Bound Travel magicboundtravel.com, their website. We've been talking about it for weeks. It's finally here. Packages should be open for next year. Get in there now. Get your reservations. Heck, even if you're, you know, Princess Weekend, Springtime Surprise, we know you haven't registered yet, but you can go ahead and make your reservation, get your room, get that anxiety and pressure out of the way. And then if things don't work out for you, you can always cancel those reservations and the folks at MBT will help you out. Absolutely. You know, and, and in the spirit of that, you know, since packages went on sale yesterday, you know, it got us to thinking and, and I, I pose this question to our group. I know we all have, you know, our favorite Walt Disney World resorts to, to stay at when we just go down in general. But it got me to thinking if everybody could pick what resort is like their perfect like run Disney race weekend resort, what would it be? I'm I'm really curious, John. How about you, Bud? Oh well, for me, I'm I'm DVC, but uh, I always try, but you know, I can't can't get in all the time to get to the boardwalk area because it'd be a lot easier for my wife to hop out on the boardwalk and see us run by, which she would like to do. But that's one thing we can't do. But I usually stay at Saratoga. I'm like John. Um, we also have DVC, um, and. My favorite race weekend resort is Beach Club um, so that my mom for some of the races can come just along the boardwalk area and see me. Good area for spectators. Sure is. Bob, how about you? Well, good question, Greg. I got it earlier and I've been thinking about it. You know, I sometimes stay at Shades of Green, but which is a Disney resort. That's kind of nice. I like the fact that there's one bus from a central area, but let's talk about more traditional Disney resorts. I think Port Orleans French Quarter. Again, what I like about it is that there's only one drop off and pick up because that resort area is so small. It's a fun resort area anyway. 
I enjoy that. Uh, you come back, they usually have a little bit of a, I don't know if I want to call it a reception, but they have kind of neat things there. Oh, the, the, the prop table. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah no, that's really yeah. neat. And then once you get that, you walk in and you can go to the left and get your Mickey beignets. So I do like Port Orleans French Quarter. Bob, you took mine. But That's, I was okay. In, <laughs> That's okay. I was in like contemplation between French Quarter because that was actually the main reason why I was like French Quarter, you have, if it is just one stop, it's the, one of the smallest resorts on Disney property. And plus it's also pretty close to Epcot in general. And then really, um, they also have a hot tub. So if you want to get your oh, they do. That's relaxed right. they sure and everything, do. Yeah. I think that's great. Uh, the other one I was really thinking about was I really do enjoy staying at Caribbean Beach, especially mm -hmm. if you're doing like one race. You have a very good uh, one or two races. But if you want to do like a shakeout run, you got like a mile loop right there. That's yeah. pretty good. That's and true. they also have like a hot tub there. And it's also pretty close to the expo. So really, I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. The only thing that I can see is it will have multiple stops for the bus. I agree with you with Caribbean. And I liked staying there because you're also on the Skyliner, yes, which is great if you go to the parks afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was just about to say. And if it's like for the half marathon days for wine and dine, marathon, whatever, um, the people cheering for you, depending on what race it is, they could just use the Skyliner. It'd be really easy yeah, there to you get go. there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Jack, you were just taking everything from what I was going to say. That's okay. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in case anybody doesn't know, Jack and I are actually in the same room across from each other as we're recording this. So... <laughs> So you, you could have thrown something at her and told her I to I could stop. have. Do yeah. I have anything that I could throw at her? I don't know. It's too late now. It's too late. <laughs> I have a paperclip. I can throw a paperclip at you. All right. Why do you want to throw something at me? That's too late. That's the way you did it. The Rise and Run podcast does not condone violence. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, I would have to go with Caribbean Beach for sure. Um. That's the first Disney resort that I ever stayed at. Stop me too. Throwing things at me. <laughs> me, too, me too, Lexi. Um, and so it just, I mean, it has a special place in my heart. I think it's a beautiful resort. Even though there are a bunch of bus stops, I feel like the bus stops are very accessible um, and like easy to get to. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's the one I go yeah, with. It's a good choice. Well, guys, I was going to go with Caribbean Beach Resort, too, but I'm going to I'm going to go with my second choice because I couldn't decide between the two. I liked all the bus stops. I like having a little pool by your room. No matter what, I like having the hot tub. I like the restaurants on Caribbean Beach, but I'm going to go the opposite direction. And I'm going to say just down the Skyliner, we'll go to Pop Century oh, because okay. it is affordable. So when you're spending a whole bunch of money at all of these run Disney races, go into the parks, get eaten all the food, sometimes you don't want to spend a million dollars on your hotel room. So Pop Century has some of the things. It doesn't have a hot tub, but you could. I'm not saying you should, but you could <laughs> go on the Skyliner and sneak into Caribbean <laughs> Beach Resort's hot tub. They do not ask for your room resort at the pool also true but uh, Allie has um, now been flagged by disney security and I she'll know. be on a special yeah. watch list now Shh, don't tell anybody your secrets <laughs> um, 
But, you know, having that extra, extra, a little bit of money in your pocket is always nice. They also have a, a little mile run for a shakeout run if you want to do that. Um, and your friends can go and, you know, watch you at the marathon um, on the boardwalk because you can take the Skyliner at that time. So I like that one as well, too. And it's a small resort. So getting to the buses in the morning, you don't have to walk a super long distance no matter where you're staying at Pop Century. So I tend to stay there more often. And it's one of the resorts that mostly like the charities, you'll get a, a discounted room rate for as well, too. So so yeah, so if you want an affordable one, that's the one I would go with. Yeah, Pop, Pop seems to be very popular amongst the Ron Disney family. So you'll you'll have friends there and you'll hear you'll hear people's medals clanging around all day. You sure will. Yeah, you'll definitely see your friends there. I've seen a bunch of the Run Dopey people there when I've stayed there. And yeah, there's always runners there. Yeah, for sure. And I also think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think at Pop you can ask for one of the back rooms and they tend to be a little quieter. Yep, that's right. Yeah, you can request those. I've, I've also, I've asked for preferred rooms at some of the economy, the uh, all-star areas where you're a little closer to the- Yeah, to the bus stops. Right. A little closer to the bus stop, a little closer to the food court area. That's pretty nice also. Greg, what about you? Which one would you pick? I am going to join the hit parade that was started earlier by Bob and Jack. I think the perfect place to stay is Port Orleans French Quarter. Obviously, you know, they, they knocked out, you know, a couple of the obvious ones already. Smallest resort on property, super close to Epcot. So, like, I mean, literally where the family reunion area is, you're only on the bus for, like, less than five minutes, it, you know, to, to get back to your resort. It, it's absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, you know, again, Bob hit the nail on the head with the Mickey Beignets. Um, but the one thing that no that nobody brought up is is only one of the very few resorts on property where you can actually take a boat ride over to Disney Springs. And we all know right. how awesome that is for shopping in different restaurants. And, you know, you know, when we do our meetups there, you know, easy transportation to get over there as well. So um, for me, yeah, I would say French Quarter is the ultimate. Now, I would say my honorable mention, though, even though I have stayed there in the past, but I haven't been there for a race weekend yet, I would also have to think that the Polynesian is a really good place to stay, um, yeah, especially so. for the half and the full. It gives you all those options. You know, you can easily walk over to the TTC to cheer. You can walk to the other side of the resort and cheer at Cone Alley. And then literally you're just a monorail stop away from cheering on Main Street USA. So I, I think that's a, a, a pretty solid resort choice there as well. Of course, if you if you have the pockets for it. And you can it. eat your weight in Tonga Toast. And they have Dole Whips and there Dole too. And Dole Whips. Tonga Toast and Dole Whips. Yep. <laughs> as our friend Kristen uh, over at Run Fit Mama likes to say, it's the Lord's Carbs. The Lord's Carbs. <laughs> Very nice. All right, friends. Very good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Greg. Good question. Friends, apologies and alibis time. Haven't done this for a little bit. Let me start with one that's probably not really either an apology or an alibi. But last week in the race report, Brandy told us about a race she was in where she used the phrase, embrace the suck. And I said, gosh, I don't know if Brandy's got a military background or not, but I know that was a big phrase when I was in the Army. Well, she texted me to remind me that, yeah, hey, Bob, yeah, we... We met and we talked for a while, and this is Sergeant Major Brandy from the U.S. Army. Those who are not familiar with 
rank structures in the Army, Sergeant Major is the highest rank that an enlisted person can attain. So Randy's had a wonderfully successful career, and that's going to come to a close in another year or so. She's going to retire, but she used that phrase very authentically and very appropriately embrace the suck. Thank you, Brandy, for reminding me about that. I want to follow up a little bit. We're going to follow up on the Keys 100 that we talked about last week. Let's start with a big time apology. If you listen to that episode, and if you have it, I highly encourage you to listen to it. It's very inspirational, very motivational from the guys, the five guys who finished that. You hear them talking about our friend Chad, who was there helping them out by pacing and all that. But you don't hear Chad. Well, we tried. He was there. Chad was there for the whole thing. He had some things to say, but for reasons that we don't know, and it's nobody's fault, this just happens. Well, it's the first time, actually, it's happened. Bob, really Bob, we, we know the reason. I brought it up on the CTP call this morning. It's because Chad called me out a couple of months ago calling me out for being an Eagles fan. So uh, because of that, because, you know, because he's out in the western part of the is. state in Steelers yeah. country, I was like, I'm not taking that crap. <laughs> you edited Go birds. Go birds. <laughs> Greg just obliterated him. That's no, I, I love you, Chad. You, you're that's the best. That's not true. Uh, the, the file was corrupt. We... We checked the files after we got done talking to the guys. They all were there. They all appeared to us to be correct. We do this after we record every episode. Everything looked normal. When Greg went in to replay, I think we had, what, about 17 seconds worth of chat yep, or something about, like yep. That? Yeah, that's all we had. Uh, Chad, uh, we're sorry. Uh, Chad's been on before. Chad was with us after his uh, Across the Years run. Oh, golly, early in 2022. But we're sorry that didn't happen. And I, I think the guys are sorry, too, because you were a big help to them. And if you listen to the episode, you'll hear that from the guys who ran the race. Something else we didn't do, and I get surprised by how much the PR bell that we use, Greg, means to our friends. Absolutely. So, and I didn't even think about it. I really didn't. I didn't mention it, didn't give a time to do it. But in hindsight, here we go. For setting a PR in this race of under 24 hours for 100 miles, Adam and Tony both PR'd. For finishing their first 100-mile race, and therefore by definition setting a PR, We've got Dean and Jamie. Congratulations again, guys. We're going to hear from Jason tonight. We, we got to make sure we sneak that bell in for Jason, Greg, because it was his first 50K. I'm not sure we mentioned that in the, uh, in the spotlight we did with him. One more thing I want to throw out there. Friends, what you missed, unfortunately, is after we stopped the recording, the conversation got much more interesting. Uh, it's a shame we didn't press the record button again. John said we could have had an episode of, what'd you call it, John? Rise and Run After Dark. Rise and Run After Dark, yeah. We would have had to probably press the explicit button, but it was fun. Uh, 
again, those guys are very, very impressive. And congratulations to everybody. Just want to go back to Bob, what you said earlier about Chad. Um, again, if, if you want to hear about the amazing accomplishments that uh, Chad has achieved in his running career in terms of ultras and, you know, multiple day races and everything like that, I, I did go back in our archives and look, it is episode 17 um, where we chat with him about the across the years um, ultra. So if again, so we can give you know Chad even more shining props for being such an awesome individual. Uh, go check out episode number seventeen. Thanks, Greg. Thanks. I appreciate you looking that up. And go birds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Let's visit with our guest for the evening. Friends, we first met tonight's guest last September. You may remember Martinez joined us back in episode 47 for a podcast we listened to segment and we just had a great time really enjoyed talking with him we learned about the uh lose weight or die message he got from his doc 10 years ago over 10 years ago now we learned how he reacted at the time by not throttling the doc which you know i think a lot of us might have done but deciding right then and there i'm going to run a marathon and we also found out that he really nearly caused a traffic accident when he saw a running store and pulled into it <laughs> but it all worked out well he headed into his first running store since then martinez has finished eight marathons been featured on the cover of runners world magazine he's coached hundreds of runners founded the slow af run club a community of over ten thousand members worldwide and now he's an author the author of the book Slow AF Run Club, the ultimate guide for anybody who wants to run. My emphasis, anybody underscored. We're excited to have him back with us this evening to talk about his soon-to-be-released book. Martinez Evans, welcome back to the Rise and Run podcast. Bob, man, you really have me sounding professional over here. I thought, like, the crowd was going to come. I <laughs> well, I, I hope so. I, we, we figure, we, I mean, we enjoyed talking with you so much. We figure you deserved at least that much, my friend. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. I think I speak for everyone in the gang when I say we loved this book. I yes. myself was laughing and crying at certain points in it. It was really awesome. In in the in the book, you break down everything you need to get in the mindset of someone who wants to consider themselves a runner. You break down everything from gear um, that you need to get started, gear for bigger runners, demystifying shoes, etc. Um, there's a chapter on diet and fueling, picking a race and then training for it, treadmill safety, stretching, recovery, thought work, cross-training, goal-setting, habit-building, the list just goes on and on. To say that this book is really thorough doesn't even really, you know, do it justice. So this is not only a book for beginner runners, but for any runner. And my question for you is, what was your reasoning for writing a book like this? So the main reason I wrote this book was to give Martinez of 10 years ago something that he'd been craving for ever since he started running. Time at the time, members come inside the Slow F Run Club. You know, I coach them, and they're like, Martinez, is there a book that I can read today um, that can help me on my running journey? Most of the time, my answer is no. I tell them, don't waste their money, because most how-to running books are written by elite athletes, former elite athletes, or coaches of elite athletes, teaching you their way 
to run. So I'm a, I'm a certified run coach. I'm a RCA run coach. They gave me the Daniel's book on running and told me, this is your Bible to running. However, <laughs> we're dealing with individuals in the Slow F Run Club. That Bible <laughs> might as well be something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's nothing against the Daniel's Book of Running, right? But I just think for the individuals that I train and um, I'm in the back of the pack with when I'm running races, that book just is, is not suitable for them. You know, that book is B.02s, is two quality runs, is pace charts that don't go past a 13 minute mile. Like it, and it's dense. And it's it's boring. Yeah. True. It's, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the book that I really wish I had, you know, if I sat down with a friend and said, hey, I want to start running. Tell me everything you know about running. And they'd be like, you got eight hours? I'll tell you. <laughs> I love that. So, Martinez, early on in the book, you talk about the definition of what a runner is. And and while it seems really simple, when I read it, it was extremely eye-opening to me. Can you tell our listeners, number one, what that definition is, according to Merriam-Webster, and then two, talk about how powerful that definition is and how it can apply to each and every one of us, regardless of what our pace is? Yeah, so the definition of a runner, based on Merriam-Webster, is the definition to run is to move faster than a walk, to move your legs faster than a walk. Um, And my thing is, well, if you can move faster than a walk, then you are a runner then, just by simple terms of the definition, right? And in that chapter, one of the things that it's my job as a coach is to provide psychological safety for individuals to know that they can uh, try. They can try things out. It may not work, but that's perfectly okay because we're here on this journey and there will not be any judgment. So just starting right off bat to to run is to move your legs faster than a walk or to move faster than a walk. We all can do that. It may not be, um, um, it may not be Des Linden, but we can all do that in our own particular definition. You went to the doctor, the doctor gave you your, gave you the news, uh, and you decided, I'm going to run a marathon. What was your first run like? My first run was hellacious. So imagine <laughs> being angry and you go buy running shoes and you're like, I'm going to go run today. And you get into the fitness center or your apartment center. There's only three treadmills there. And two of them are already filled up. The only treadmill that's available is the middle one. So now I'm inconveniently sandwiched between two gazelles. Like, you know mm-hmm. these people. Like, they're literally in the gym yeah. and puffing mm-hmm. and puffing. Thud and do. Think myself, like, are you really supposed to be running that loud on the treadmill? And I get on the treadmill <laughs> and I size these guys up. I look to my right, one guy's going like 10. I look to my left, a guy is going like nine and a half. I think to myself, you know what? I can at least go seven then. I put in seven, and that's the belt in the belt. I took a deep breath and I was like, here goes nothing. And 15 seconds later, <laughs> when my body hit that ground, because <laughs> I fell off the treadmill, because <laughs> I fell off the treadmill, uh, I was I was mortified. 
So I got up and I grabbed everything and I, I got up out of there. And that was my first run. It was hellacious. Yeah, but didn't stop there. Absolutely not. No. At home, um, I reached out to the door and I have this tattoo on my right wrist. It says, no struggle, no progress. And when I grabbed it, when I grabbed the doorknob, I seen my tattoo. And no struggle, no progress is a, a speech from Frederick Douglass. It's like one of his most famous speech from 1857. And it goes like, you know, there's like, if there's no struggle, there's no progress. Men who favor freedom yet deprecate the agitation are men who want crops without plowing the land. It's men who want, you know, um, rain without thunder and lightning. It's men who want the ocean without its loud roars, right? You know, and he goes on to say that um, the struggle may be a physical one. It may be a moral one or be a, maybe a mental one, but it has to be a struggle in order to get to that progress. And I remember shaking my head and saying, okay, I know what I need to do. I need to go through the progress. So you overcome the first training episode. I knew you would. You get out for your first marathon. Did you run anything before your first marathon in the organized races? Or did you just say, let's start out with the big one? No, I ran a bunch of races. Even just to drop a, uh, a timeline. So met the doctor in end of June, early July. Um, you know, go through this stuff. Took me about 12 weeks to get from zero to about 5K status. And then I was like, okay, what's next? Um, ran a half marathon at the end of 2012. January, um, January 2013, uh, signed up for the Detroit Marathon because, you know, New Year's is always when Detroit Marathon opens up their registration. Um, and I thought to myself, well, I got 10 months to do this. And just kind of did the same thing. Ran a few half marathons, ran a couple 10Ks during that whole 10 months, and then eventually uh, started officially training for this marathon. Now, you talk about that first marathon in the book and what a challenge it was and how you kept going. Absolutely. And the story I think I share, the story I think you're talking about is don't get off, don't get on the bus, right? That's the one. Um, yep. Where yeah. one of the volunteers are the sag, sag wagon drivers, right? So imagine y'all, you are running this marathon, your first marathon, and you're around mile 18. So, you know, you're starting to hit the wall. The voices are talking to you. You know, you're like, let me try to figure out where I can find inspiration from. So I end up stop talking to this guy trying to provide him with inspiration because I see that he's slowing down and he's like, I'm done. He throws in the towel. He gets in the SAG vehicle. So um, during that time, I'm, I'm having conversations with myself. I'm doing all types of crazy stuff that that happens when you run in a marathon. And imagine a situation where you got like a little devil and angel on your shoulders and you got one person, you know, you got the devil telling you to quit. Like, you know, your teeth hurt. Imagine your teeth hurt while running a marathon. I didn't even know that was possible. So it's like your teeth hurt. And the little devil is like, yo, if you stop and you go home, the, the pain will go away. And you got the little angel, which is your heart. And it's like, no, keep going. You come here to run the race. And then all of that is going on. So it's like three different voices going on, right? And they're all competing of get on the bus. Don't get on the bus. Keep going. And mile after mile, the sag wagon would keep coming to me and being like, Hey, big man, you want to ride? And around mile 25 is where I just had enough. Like I was less than a mile away. 
My energy is depleted. And here he comes again, mile 25. Hey, big man, do you want to ride? And I go off on him, right? And it's like, why would you even, why is that even an option? Like, why would this option when I'm just so close uh, to the finish line? So eventually I cross the finish line and, you know, I see the bus as I'm driving away. As a runner, like you're going to have this internal battle, right? Like it's you versus you, it's you versus your mind, right? But you're also going to have like this external thing as well. And that's where everyone else come in at, right? That's mindset and running, as I like to say, as a a non-traditional running. So one of the things that you put right smack dab in the front of your book was all about mindset. And you even just talked about it, running your first marathon and having that devil's advocate. And there is one quote that you said, and I almost take this as a mantra, is not everything you think is true and not everything you feel is real. That to me, like when I read that, and then you literally said, read that again. I was like, wow, that quote is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's something we need to remind ourselves. Because if we get into that self-sabotage, that's an end game. But to have that reality be like, you know what? I'm not really hurting. I can do this and I can keep going. And I just want to ask if you can go into more detail about that specific quote, because it is so powerful. Our minds... Our mind is literally built to prevent us from pain and discomfort. Literally, like we are wired to avoid pain and discomfort. So yes, it's going to tell you all types of stuff. Like my body was telling me, yo, if you stop right now, this pain will go away. If you get on this bus right now, the pain will go away. And yes, that pain might go away then. But you know what's what's, uh, longer lasting and what's going to hurt more? the pain or the the regret that I have by getting on that bus. So that's the thing with, you know, where we're actually in the midst of doing something right then and there, it's going to feel like it's the worst thing ever because our mind is hardwired to make it feel like it's the worst thing ever to protect us from ourselves. A lot of us uh, internalize our feelings. I feel sad how do you feel sad? Or like a lot of people, I feel fat. Like how is fatter feeling, right? Instead of saying, um, you know, I'm not feeling the best about myself right now, or I'm experiencing sorrow, right? So we take these feelings. That's not necessarily how it should be. That's for sure. I do that all the time when I'm running as well too. Um, You know, instead of saying like, I'm the facts. I'm doing X as my pace. I will be like, I am so slow. I don't deserve to be a runner. And then you start to spiral. And then how does that run feel through the, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a 15 mile run and I'm doing them out there for hours and hours and hours. Or, you know, like you said, you can kind of change your, change the way you start thinking about things and start to practice that. And that's, then you become excited about your runs and you start going out and wanting to love those really long runs because you know you're going to be kind to yourself and it's going to be a reprieve <laughs> from some of the badness in the world instead of you know, beating yourself up. One of the things that you mentioned in that same chapter, you versus your mind versus everybody, is that you have to have positive affirmations. Um, you even stick little affirmation into your book saying things like, whoever needs to hear this right now, you belong here you are a runner you you know you're 
you're always kind of adding your positivity into everything you do. Um, but I want to ask you specifically about one of your affirmations that you mentioned, and it was slow but show. What does that mean? Um, it means you're slow, but you're, but you're still showing up. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I love that. I'm a big believer in the power of the mind, and you talk about it a lot in your book, and you also give um, many different examples of words of affirmation um, and things to motivate runners. But can you tell us two of your favorite affirmations or ways to help uh, motivate the runners to have a more positive and clearer mindset? Yes. My two favorite ones. For every movement, there needs to be an enemy. Um, and there needs to be some type of opposition to go against and push against, right? And I think for me, it's, you know, it's not necessarily fast runners or things of that sort. It's just more of like, you know, we all should be uh, supported equally on the course, right? And I think by having that enemy, we can empower ourselves or energize ourselves to continue to fight. So that's the first one. The second one that I really love is practicing delusional self-belief. This one is my favorite. Um, <laughs> love that. <laughs> and, and, and here's why, right? With all of the modern marvels, seven people on the phone talking to each other, we all can see each other, right? And someone being like, you know what? I'm tired of sending a telegram. I'm tired of waiting 40 days. I'm tired of for like what however they got mail, right? And somebody was like, I I want to talk to somebody right now. And then imagine them talking to somebody or like talking to their friend and their friend being like, Man, you crazy. That's delusional. You ain't gonna talk <laughs> to nobody right now. You better go send that raven, right? And I think that's the thing about delusional self-belief is that <laughs> there's gonna be times where People are going to think your goals and your dreams are delusional. They might even call you crazy. They might not even support it. They're not going to see it for you. So you need to see it for yourself so much that everyone around you um, thinks you're delusional, right? Everything is impossible until it isn't anymore. And that's the same thing with your goals and your dreams. Nice. I love that. Martinez, the way that you uniquely put this book together, the one thing that I also really enjoyed was that you start each chapter with a cautionary tale. What was your inspiration to write that way? I wanted this book to be um, as if a friend sat down and told you everything that they know about running, right? And if any of y'all would sit down and tell me how you learned about running, there's going to be all types of anecdotes and things that I sort to go along with the story. So that's one of the things that I wanted to do. Um, the other thing that I wanted to do is, is to hone in on the things that of the mistakes I made as a runner to really hone in of like, in on like this pedestal high and mighty of like, look at me, I'm Martinez Evans. I'm an author and I haven't made mistakes. Ha ha ha. You are morally uh, <laughs> inferior <laughs> because you've made mistakes. You know, I really want people to really see that I'm I'm a human being and I've made mistakes along the way. And these are the mistakes that made me the runner that I am today. I really learned things the hard way. And I really want people um, to not have to experience all the things that I experienced the hard way. That's awesome. <laughs> 
Martinez, I truly love this book. I read it, obviously, the whole thing in literally a span of a day, and I loved every bit of it. And what's amazing and what makes it different from other running books is it's not just a regular book. It is also a workbook. It's like having a personal coach there already there with you. It's like wonderful that you can just go through each of the steps as you talk about it through chapter to chapter. And I was wondering what your inspiration was to add this to part of your book. My main interest, inspiration for adding like the workbook sections inside of this book is that we've all read manuals and we read it and it just goes off into the ether. So one of the things that I really wanted to do is make this where individuals are keep coming back to this. And the only way that I can think of that individuals will do that is if they're scribbling and writing inside of the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't want this book to be a book where it's like, oh, I read that. And then, you know, they put it on their bookshelf. Like, oh, yeah, I, I read Born to Run. And then hang it up, right? Like, I want this book to be something that that lives with them. That's why I made it a paperback copy, right? I want you to take this book with you. I want you to take it on the track. I want you to travel with it. And I just want it to be one of those books that is lasting um, throughout everyone's running journey. So that's why I added the workbooks. And like that, I also really wanted to add was, is that if you use this as your journey, you can look back later onto it and see the progress that you have made, both running mentally, emotionally, and seeing yourself improve and be the runner that you want to be. And I think this book is so wonderful. And I just want to say thank you first off. Thank you. So uh, with this book, is there anything else that you wanted to do with this book or anything else special you're doing with this book? Yes. So this book comes with a free companion course. Cool. Oh, cool. I'm not going to tell you the link because you got to buy the book to get the link. <laughs> however, there you go. Way to sell it. However, um, there's a link to a companion course and each chapter of the book will have, you know, printouts of like the worksheets. Um, even for like the, the workouts, we're going to have pictures and videos and things of that sort. So all of that will be inside the companion course. I love that. Can you maybe do an app too that like as you're like running, you can just hit a button and it'll just be like Martina saying like an affirmation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe, you know, don't, don't (laughs) count me out. You know, we do a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of great, amazing things inside the Slow Yuff Run Club app. So you never know. Yep. I love it thinking about all the wonderful things that you have in the book like Ali talked about earlier at the start of the interview you know you cover such a wide range of topics tell us one or two things that you wish you could have talked about in the book that you didn't get a chance to or maybe got cut by your your editor or your publisher or something like that there are supposed to be more stories inside this book um I wanted more stories uh, sprinkled throughout the chapters and that got cut a they was like martinez you are long-winded but also um (laughs) it just didn't make it just didn't fit with inside the book you know there was like martinez you know you can either write a memoir or you can have a how-to manual but you can't have both in one book so more stories so maybe there's an opportunity for a uh, a memoir in the future because I was going to say, I think you did a nice job of blending the two a little bit, at least. One of the things that um, I also cut from the book is when you're a runner, you have 
I, I know for me, like I had a ton of weird experiences with dogs. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Dogs chasing me, dogs coming out from nowhere. Um, <laughs> and there was a story, I just didn't know where to put it. Um, I was in this neighborhood and I was running and this dog comes out of nowhere and runs towards me full speed, like from behind this house. And so I'm jumping on somebody's roof of their car. I'm screaming and yelling. <laughs> and the dog stops and looks at me. So I'm thinking, I'm like, what is going on? Like, why did this dog stop? Why it didn't attack me? So I then get off the car and like continue to run. And like the dog just like bounce around this, this, like the path of the, the, uh, of the grass area. And like every so often I run that route and I remember, um, seeing another runner and he went past that house. Like it became this, like the dog house, like the dog that chased people house. And I remember saying to a guy like, Hey, like there's a dog that's loose always over there. And he was like, Oh, it's cool. He has an electric fence. And oh. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, electric fence. Look, look at the trail. And when I look down, like you can literally see like where the electric fence ended because like oh the dog had, like stopped and like chased people along like where the fence stopped. And like there was literally like this whole field of grass and then like this strip of grass at the front of the electric fence where the dog was like yeah. chasing people. He's worn it out, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but you yeah. have this dog like charging you and barking. <laughs> Scared but the dog knows the crap out of me. Um, yeah. So like that's one of the stories that I just didn't know where to put in, um, but it was definitely a funny story. I want to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts, and something that you talk about a lot in the last chapter, and that's finding a community, whether it's live or virtual, whether it's one person or many. How important it is to find that community. The research and the data says that. We are meant to be amongst a community, right? Um, being amongst a community makes hard things easier or makes it seem a, a lot easier than that they really are, right? And when it comes to running or anything in life, just having a community makes things feel worth it, right? Um, I couldn't imagine running alone and doing it for this long, for 10 plus years, and not having friends that I can call up on and say, hey, like, this is rough. Like, are you experiencing the same thing? And they're like, yes, keep going. Or, hey, what races are you running? Like, what are you doing? What shoes are you wearing? Like, what are you doing, right? Like, just to be able to bounce ideas off of people makes all of this worth it. Makes getting up at 3 a.m., to catch a 5 a.m. bus, <laughs> to be at a start line at 7 a.m. to for an 8 a.m. start. Works worth all of this, right? I wouldn't think any of us would do that if we had to do it alone. I think you are exactly right. And again, that sense of community, that's so important to us. And I think it was a really, really important part of the book and especially towards the end there. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Martinez, you talk about a lot of things, a lot of great, and it really is an excellent book for the beginning, the average, the middle of the packer, the back of the packer. Great stuff here. One of the things you highlight, though, is the importance of setting goals. Can you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. So 
I call it the the value goal trifecta, right? What somebody told me when I uh, first got it, got in, in startup like business, um, is that Martinez, you need three things in your life: you need values, you need goals, and you need habits. And how they broke it down is that values is your compass, right? You know, these are things that are un- unattainable, but are characteristics like people can say of you if you were dead. You know, for example, you know, you're a good father, right? There's not one thing that makes you a good father. Uh, however, if you want to be a father, you can have a kid. That's your goal, right? And if you want to have a kid, like there are some habits that you need to do in order to be to to have a kid, right? So like that's one of the ways that they explained it to me. And when I think about running, it's the same thing, right? Like we all should be striving to something that's unattainable, being the best athlete possible, being the best uh, triathlete or like whatever it wants to be. We all got to have that unattainable goal, but that unattainable value that drives us in that direction to let us know like this is the way we need to go. Um, And then you also need goals to go along with it. And the cool thing about having a value and having these values is that it's always going to produce as many goals as possible, right? It's an infinite amount of goals. Now, once you have that, you know, we all can make these amazing flowery goals. We can write it down in our journals and then we can take that journal, fold it up and put it on the bookshelf with the rest of your running books. And this is where habits kind of comes into place, right? To say, okay, now I have that goal in place. What are the habits that are going to, that I need to do on a consistent basis that's that's going to sum up to that one particular goal. So that's how all of that kind of fits into, you know, values, habits, and goals. I think it fits with the community too. Absolutely. You share your goals with the community. They can help hold you accountable, help you out in a positive way for accountability. Look at that, Bob. I need to make a amendment to the book and add that to the, um, to the next book. <laughs> <It's in there. laughs> It's in there. I I didn't make it up. It's in there. Just got to read between the lines a little bit. Yeah. Something else you talked about, uh, running clubs with your local running stores. Man, if if you've got a local running store, especially, you know, a nice mom and pop, one that's oriented towards runners, what a great asset that is. It is. It is. It's one of those things. It's it's just built in. And I think a lot of people who get into running don't know that, most running shoe stores have multiple running clubs that come out of the out of the same shoe store, and they love that because um, their their store then becomes this hub for the community of like what's buzzing around inside the your local area. Absolutely, they're wonderful assets. If you're fortunate enough to have one in your area, don't pass it up, my friends. That's a great asset. Bob, one of the things, the other things I want to add is that. Um, one of the things that we're doing with Slow F Run Club is that we're launching a nonprofit arm um, to the Slow F Run Club. Oh, and amazing. With the nonprofit arm, um, we're going to allow people to apply to launch their own Slow F Run Club in their local area. Oh, cool. Oh, that's, very awesome. Interesting. that's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's a whole nother feat that we're doing. Um, but, like, that's something that I want to do because um, – one of the things that we've taken on at Slow F Run Club is this mission of getting 1 million people to start running in the body that they have right now. So I think that we're doing an amazing job on the virtual side. And I think with COVID worries kind of lessen, 
Um, this is just a great next step for the run club and making an, uh, making that nonprofit arm so that we, so that the world knows that this is our mission and this is what we're aiming to do. Fantastic. You'll be sure to keep us up to date on how that's going. I hope Absolutely. spread the word. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we can talk about that after he writes the memoir. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that you do really well is that you bring that sort of aspect to slow AF run club as well. Um, you send out oh, emails absolutely. all the time. I don't know if they're weekly or biweekly, but um, I love waking up to the emails. They're always funny and insightful and helpful and thoughtful and sometimes a little too real and a little too inside my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but your book feels like an extension of this um, a little more in depth, obviously than just an email, um, but it's still, it's inclusive. It's inspiring. It's, it's very real. Um, and I, I'm wondering, you know, if you if you are thinking about the listener out there, what do you hope that they take away after reading your book? Um, first thing I, I hope they take away is that they are a runner and they need to calm the F down. <laughs> <laughs> Stop telling yourself you're not a runner. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it's really that is that they can be a runner and like it may look different from their expectations of what they've seen on TV or like what they've seen Des Linden do or Elliot do. Right. But it they can be a runner in their own right. And it's perfectly OK that they're running in their own uniquely way. And that's what makes them them. So you've done all these amazing things, including now writing a book. What is on? next on the docket for you um that you want to conquer this other thing this other marathon called a a, a book tour <laughs> yeah right yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what it's going to be all right you know um i i look at this book tour as i look at races like i want to i want to get through this thing injury free not sick and i still love it <laughs> for sure yeah friends we'll put as much as we can of the book tour up online for you in the uh, show notes so you can see where martinez is going to be unfortunately he's not going to be near me i would love to uh, say hello we'll do that one of these days though my friend i suspect he's gonna be by me so in montclair new jersey so i'll be seeing him on uh june 15th in fleet feet uh, that sounds great john looking forward to it well martinez i i think on behalf of our entire rise and run community and and all of us here tonight i First of all, congratulations on an absolutely astounding piece of work. I, I know, you know, even though we had an advanced copy to to prepare for this interview, um, you know, I know several of us have pre-ordered it and we can't wait for it uh, to, to hit our front stoops and, you know, to be able to, you know, get that physical copy in hand and be able to read it. So congratulations. We wish you the absolute best of luck on, uh, you know, the book tour and everything like that. But before we let you go, Tell our listeners how can they go about and secure a copy of the book and, you know, even potentially, you know, as we mentioned before, maybe even see you to maybe get an autographed copy or something like that. Absolutely. So there's multiple things, right? Um, you can get this book wherever books are sold. Um, I know people always go to Amazon, but you can go to Barnes & Noble. You can go to your local independent bookshop. And that's actually what I prefer. Go to your local indie bookstore, support those individuals and get the book there. Um, I partner with a local indie bookshop out of Pennsylvania. Um, it's a woman-led um, bookstore. It's called Pocket Books in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, every book that's um, purchased out of there, I think all the way up to June 5th, um, will be an autographed copy. 
So oh, I'm cool. going to oh, Lancaster. Okay. Yes. I'm going to Lancaster in a week and um, I'm going to sign all of the books that they have there. And so when people pre-order, um, they'll get an autographed copy. Um, so I am not going, going to cancel on. my pre-order on Amazon <laughs> and pre-order here because Lancaster is literally right down the road from me. So perfect. Um, so that's one of the things that I like, like to promote, right, is helping support small businesses um, in any way that I can. So that is one thing that we have going on. Um, and if you're looking to find out ways that to see me, I have a book tour is very lengthy. Um, you can go to slowafrunclub.com, and I tell you, there are a lot of places that I'm going to be at. There are a bunch. And we'll we'll try to link to that also, show notes and on our webpage, so our friends can see it. June 6th is the release date. We're looking forward to it. So I know the release date is June 6th, you said. Uh, is this coming out on audiobook? Absolutely. And... This book will be narrated by this buttery baritone voice. <laughs> I know why we get along so well. Besides the fact that you're a nice human being, is we have the same mindset. This whole idea of we love the running community and we don't care how slow you are. We don't care how big you are. We don't care how ugly you are. <laughs> we, we just... We love the running community and we love building it. And I, you know, I turned 70 years old this year. And the reason I'm still doing this is to be part of the running community. I can't imagine not being part of it. So, and, and that's what I get out of you, Martinez. And that's what I got out of reading the book is that's what, that's what you're all about also. Yes, I am. I really love the running community. Running has changed my life in ways that um, I never thought that it would. I made friends that I can call yeah. right now and say, hey, what's in your refrigerator? I'm hungry. Or like, <laughs> hey, um, or like, hey, I need to sleep on your couch, right? And without running, I wouldn't have these friends. So I have, I, I've gained a lot from running, and I want to give as much back to it. Well, you're doing a good job. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to hear your voice on the podcast. More importantly, I'd love to hear you read the book. Um, you have captured our hearts. You're now all of our best friend. And we really, we, we hope the best for you. We can't wait to see what the, the future holds. Thank you, Allie. Um, I'm very excited for this book. And I can't wait for everyone to able to read this thing and let me know how they feel about this thing. I think that's the thing about um, putting this book out there is that, you put all your heart and soul in there and you really don't know what people are really going to say about this thing. Well, I think you get a good positive reaction, my friend. Thank you, Bob. Okay. Thanks, Martinez. That was great. Uh, Martinez's book is coming out June 6th. Uh, if you want to pre-order and order it, you can go to our affiliate link on our webpage or in the show notes and you can reorder it, order it through our Amazon affiliate link. And that uh, helps us out a little bit on the podcast and uh, keep, keep the lights on. Thank you, John. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy the heck out of talking to Martinez. A reminder, look for him on Good Morning America on June 6th. So going back to the Amazon affiliate link. So we have an Amazon affiliate link page on our webpage. And uh, with some of the guest books that, that are coming out that, we, that we're interviewing. And also each of us has a tab that you can uh, check out on some of the items that we use when we run 
or some of the gear we use to, to, to race and uh, train with. So uh, that, that might be something you guys can check out because I know some of you guys ask, what do you guys use? Do you use this? Do you use that? That's some of the stuff we have out there. and You guys can check it out. I don't use this or that. I use the other thing. Use the other thing. The other thing's good too. <laughs> I use that. Yeah. I'm a this fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time we bring up our favorite things, I just now I just have like the sound of music playing in my head Which goes Actually, back to Ox and Spoon, you know, with, with their whole riff yeah. and everything like that, you know. It's <laughs> I can't get Queen out of my head when I'm on my bike, but that oh, was actually sorry, before. <laughs> no, no, that was actually before you started, and I think it's a good cadence song for me on the bike. Bicycle. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You got it. So, you what's got this? It. There's, there's a good cadence song. Uh, what is it? Uh, I'm going the distance. That song. I feel you guys oh, remember. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a perfect cadence song for the bike. They said. You know, we we, we keep this up with all the different songs. We can do Rise and Run the Musical. <laughs> I do Queen when I'm Down. running. I do Don't Stop Me Now. And I've heard a lot of people on when we like mention our playlists and stuff like that, people are like, that's on my running playlist too because it's a, it's a good one when you want to stop. And you just have it come on and it's like, don't stop me now. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like thinking of the beat, don't stop me now. Don't, yeah, don't, that's don't, what don't, I was don't, doing. Don't, <laughs> also, uh, we'll be putting our fundraisers, all, everybody that's fundraising, I'll be putting the monthly post up for fundraising where you can post your uh, your fundraising links. And if you have any ideas for some of the people that are still trying to raise some money, you can post them up in there. So starting the first of every month, I'm going to be putting up a fundraising link to help you guys help fundraise for your charities. Good deal. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Yeah. And behalf on Bob and I, uh, I know both of us um, you know, have posted our links. And I know, Ali, I think you're posting your link soon um, for Marathon Weekend as well. So, But for those of you- I just got that- mine, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, for all of those in the community who have donated to um, us, you know, for uh, Marathon Week and the grant, we do realize that there are others who are fundraising for Wine and Dine as well, too. But, um, you know, so we, we really love to see all the different types of charities that are out there, uh, you know, thanks to that post that John puts up. But um, for those of you that have specifically donated to us here on the show, we, uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we really do appreciate it. Absolutely. And I think it's really cool to have the post and you can scroll through the list of fundraisers and, and, um, look at some that you might not have heard of before. And, mm-hmm. um, I just, I really, I really love that. Pick one that really calls out to you. And if you have five bucks, it means a lot to everybody. Like, um, KG said on, on her episode about fundraising, every dollar counts. It literally does. So if you find somebody, if you're like, my aunt had cancer and I, and this person's fundraising for that same cancer, and you have five bucks, throw it to them. They will appreciate it more than you can even know. Yeah, any, anybody trying to raise money for a charity or anybody trying to get a charity bib is going to tell you no donation is too small. They are all appreciated. So thanks for that. Taking a look at upcoming episodes, friends, next week, we want to talk about an important topic, runner safety. We've got some guests on the show we think will be informative and you'll want to hear from. We're getting close to training time, so Chris Twiggs is going to come back the week after that, talk with us about training for the upcoming Disney season, and of course, a little bit about the customized training plan. I got to note that uh, we have dates for Jeff Galloway's run next year. Jeff's run falls right in between Princess 
and springtime surprise. It's March 15th to 17th. 5K on Saturday, half marathon on Sunday. A terrific event. I'd really like to see a bunch of the Rise and Run family out there this year. I'm sure we'll talk about it more as we get closer to the event, but registration is open now. There's a code if you've been a past participant in one of Jeff's races. Jeff 2024 is a code that'll get you 10% off that expires on the 6th of June. But if you're in the Atlanta area and you can get there, the weather's going to be perfect this year. I happen to know that. Jeff moved it from December to March because it was always nasty in December. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, last year when we started the half marathon, the wind chill was 19 degrees in mid-March in Atlanta. But uh, it's going to be perfect this year. I guarantee it. So again, we'll talk about that more. And before we get into the race report, I just want to give a special shout out on behalf of the entire Rise and Run podcast hosts here and our community. Uh, a happy congratulations to our friend Devin over at FitFab Disney and Zippity Tees. Uh, she got married uh, this past Friday. Um, we, we The photos that have been getting posted on social media, she looked absolutely beautiful. I hope she had a wonderful day. And um, yeah, from the entire Rise and Run family, we're so appreciative of you for being a guest on the show and helping us design our new logo and everything like that. So we hope you had an absolutely wonderful celebration uh, last weekend. All right, my friends, it's time for the race report. Okay, friends, before we get to the race report, let's go back. We said we were going to go back just a little bit and look at the Keys 100 weekend again. We didn't want to forget our friend Jason, who did his first ever ultra, the Keys 50K. Hi, friends. Joining us now are friends Jason, his wife Missy, and his friend Mia. And Jason and Mia finished the 50K. Now, a very noteworthy accomplishment. Congratulations, guys. And I know Missy was busy crewing. We'll get to that in a minute. That was pretty cool. But welcome. We're glad to have you all here. Thank, Thank you. you. A lot of fun to be here. Oh, good. How, hey, how how are you doing? Are you recovered? Yeah, uh, me personally, I'm feeling pretty good. good um, I actually went for a run. Oh, man. Do that the next Saturday. Morning. Oh, yeah, morning. Su- Sunday morning. We went Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, oh, Sunday wow. morning. Wow. Um, did about, well, Chris, Coach Twiggs had it on my plan, so. <laughs> no, it was Monday morning. Monday morning, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. You guys went to the Tortugas. Okay. So, yeah, so Monday, it was Monday morning, so about, what, 36 hours afterwards, um, we went for a run slash walk, and um, my only real injury, I got a blister on the bottom of one of my feet, which I would never had in that spot before, but, um, that was about it. It's feeling good. Well, I can understand having, you know, for first time distance, I can understand having first time injuries. How about you, Mia? How you doing? Um, I'm doing well. I had an injury going into this, mm-hmm. so I still have that one. Um, but other than that, I'm feeling great. It didn't. It didn't work itself out. Huh? No miracle. <laughs> you know, no miracle I don't wish 50- I have an MRI coming up next week. So no, I didn't oh, work okay. itself out. <laughs> I wish you the best. Thank yeah. you. No 50 kilometer cures. We talked to the hundred mile guys last week, and that was a blast. But they all started early Saturday morning. At some, at some, they staggered at different times Saturday morning. When did you start for the fifty k? Uh, the fifty k started at noon. Our um, our wave started. Um, we were in the second wave, and we started at twelve oh five. 
Okay, so you had to wait for it to cool off, you know, noon down in the Keys. Yeah, that Perfect. five minutes really helps. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and do you do you start and finish at the same point, or do you start at the same point and finish somewhere else? We started in Big Pine Key. Okay. Um, and then um, all the distances finish at the same I, place okay. on Beach and Key West. So. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's what I was thinking. Well, that's pretty cool. Of course, we heard from the guys about the heat. Oh, my goodness. Um, how did you cope with it? Very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of ice. We had uh, we had these ice kerchiefs, and um, Missy kept making bag after bag after bag of ice for us that we could shove into those things. And they would melt and stay cool for a while, and then we'd dump the bag of water on us to stay cool for a while. And by the time we'd gone through all of those, we were at the next base station, and Missy was making oh, okay. bags of ice. <laughs> Well, that's not bad. Missy, where were you getting the ice? Um, we started off with how many bags? Two 16-pound so, bags of ice. Yeah, so we started with 32, bag, 32 pounds of ice, and then just along the way, there were gas stations, and I'd just go in and grab another seven-pound bag of ice. And um, We did stop at one place called Baby's Coffee, and they actually closed for the afternoon because they usually do. The owner sent everybody home. And he stayed and kept the store open for all the runners and their crew and invited them in and said, get what you need, get what you want. It's all free to the runners. It's all free to the crew. He was refilling ice coolers, ice bags. So I took our two water coolers and he filled them up to the top. Nice. That, that's it. really neat. And that was, that was a big help to get me to the next stop where I needed even more ice. And so <laughs> okay, we got you. Well, while I'm on while I'm on the topic of crewing in general, you would leapfrog, of course. You would crew and then hit the road. About how far would you go? A couple, three miles, or yeah, it was about. I think the longest one was four or six at the beginning, mm -hmm. and then we went, and then every you know it was every two, two and a half, three miles. Um, I usually stayed behind. They take off. I'd stay behind and clean up everything, and try and figure out what needed to be done at the next stop get ahead of them and then get there and try and have everything they needed. I got it. Yeah. And when we, you know, when we were looking at the different stops along the route, you think, do we really need a stop every two and a half or three miles? <laughs> I know the answer. And was just to kind of play it by ear. And we figured, you know, maybe every other stop or, you know, to split it up a little bit, surely we would not need to stop every two and a half or three miles. Yeah. We absolutely need yeah. to stop. Yeah. I mean, just to refill did. the ice, yeah. if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. I can imagine you thinking, gee, how about oh. every mile? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were times when that would have been nice as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, before I leave the um, whole crewing thing, the vehicle you had, that was <laughs> – friends, if you get a chance, we'll try and put a picture of it up. That was really cool. Great job with that. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. It's yeah. fun trying to drive it too. <laughs> <laughs> we had um, the the race director had videos um, up for everybody to watch to kind of give them an idea of what was gonna what was gonna take place during the run, and he was talking about the awards and he was talking about the award for the for the best decorated crew vehicle. Mm -hmm. and we're like, oh, Mia is the artist of the group. That was you, <laughs> huh, Mia? Okay. 
Well, we started planning the crew decorations for the car before we started planning what we were wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did a heck of a job. Thank you. Yeah, it looked really neat. All right, let's get back to the run itself. Um, Just generally, guys, how'd it go? Um, Hot and uncomfortable and challenging and amazing. It was so much fun. It's, It's such a great time. And I love running with Jason. It's, it's really, it was a wonderful run. Well, well supported by local people, I understand. Oh my Yes. Gosh. Yes, absolutely. We actually talked about that at dinner tonight, that they just did such a fantastic time. Um, just, they would move out of the way, you know, when they were driving by you. Uh, they were all very supportive. We had a couple of places, not just Baby's Coffee, but we had a couple of places that put water out. I mean, people were just amazing. Yeah, they were just truly welcoming to everybody and, it was, it was, yeah, amazing. We've talked about that multiple times since the Saturday. Yeah, I'm not going to go on about it much more because we, we talked about it last week. That heat, I, I just, guys, the fact that you are able to finish at all in, in that oppressive, Florida gets hot. It was Florida hot that weekend. It really was. It was, yeah. It was brutal. I heard multiple people say that that have that has done that have done this race multiple times in the past say that this was the worst, some of if not the worst heat and humidity that they've ever ever experienced. Yeah, there. this was a tough year for everybody that we heard. Yeah, you know, we saw the numbers of those who registered, those who started, and about half finished round numbers. About yeah, half of those yeah, who started finished. Absolutely. Yeah, and. I know that it had to be amongst the hottest because it just generally does not get much hotter than that. Well, it was partially the sun too. We had no Mm -hmm. cloud cover for the Mm -hmm. entire day um, until the sun started setting. Mm -hmm. So it was just, I mean, it's hot and it's humid anyway, but that sun was just awful. And with starting at noon, (laughs) the sun was on top of us or in our face the entire day. Yeah. You're heading West. Yeah. Yeah. Right into it. And, um, at one point, we were checking the heat index, and it was 117. Yeah, I, I saw that number. I did. The heat and humidity combined. 117. Oh, that's when. That's that's how you want to take on your first ultra. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what better you know, way to do your first ultra than uh, No, no half-stepping here, going all the way. <laughs> go big or go home, right? Amen, brother. Well said. With the heat, would there be anything you guys would do different if you did this again next year? Ooh, you know, we, I think we had a pretty good plan going in um, as far as using the ice kerchiefs. Um, we had backup plans if we needed to. Um, we had, we had hydration vests that we had with us and we had talked about packing those full of ice if we needed to. Um, but um, I don't really think of anything really that I would have done differently specifically with the heat other than maybe I would have taken care of my feet just a little bit differently um, just to prevent that blister that I got towards the end. Other than that, um, I don't know, Mia, got any thoughts on anything you'd do different? No. And I mean, we did other things besides just the ice cream chips. We had cooling towels and we had ice packs and especially when we would come into the aid stations and sit, um, we would put the ice packs on us to help cool down and that helped. And I, I don't think of anything specifically that we could have done really differently or that we would do different in the future. A lot of sunscreen. 
Oh my God. So much. <laughs> so funny, um, funny, not so funny story about the sunscreen. Um, our crew chief over here, Missy, um, every time we'd stop, she'd say, get your sunscreen, get your sunscreen. And we put our sunscreen on, we'd coat ourselves and, I don't know, about three or four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we noticed Missy's shoulders were getting extremely oh, no. red. She had not put on sunscreen. Oh, no. Oh, no. Missy, come on. <laughs> she was so busy taking care of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's neat. All right. Well, look, great stuff. So what's in the future? Uh, going to do this one again? Well, he's already been trying to talk us into it. So <laughs> possibly... I don't know about next year because my son graduates college, supposed to graduate college next year, and I think it's the same weekend. So probably can't yeah. do it next no, year. No, that's a, that's a big deal. You can't do that. Next right. year, next year. Yeah, next um, year, right. But um, so coming up, me and I have a 52-mile run mm, wow. in, in Jacksboro, Texas in September. September. Mm, another another cool climate there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know how to pick them. Yeah, yeah. right. Nothing um, in Minnesota, huh? No, okay. <laughs> I have the Chicago Marathon coming in up coming up in. Oh, October. that's a great one. Yeah. And yeah, then Mia, I'll let her tell what she has next. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna start and. In a week or two now, um, start training for a hundred mile, my first hundred mile. Oh well, congratulations! I, I mean, I, I am, I am not, nor will I ever be an ultra marathoner. Admire Don't the heck out never, of you guys. Because I uh, said the same thing. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I admire the heck out of you guys. I do. Uh, so, a, just over a year ago, I thought I would never run anything further than a half marathon ever mm -hmm. again. I, that's mm -hmm. the furthest I'd ever done. Uh -huh. And now he's also training for a hundred miler next March. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You're the typical ultra guys. <laughs> and, and the, the ultra folks that I've gotten to know, gotten to talk to that boundary, they got to keep pushing it. Yeah. You know, there's always yeah. more of a challenge, more of a challenge. And then once you get to the hundred, then you, then you start into the tough hundreds. <laughs> start, you know, get in the lottery for hard rock with coach twigs and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's, that just seems to be. It seems to be. I'm going to use the word addictive. It really is. That's the yeah. best word. Yeah. So congrats, congratulations to you. Next time at Disney, anybody? Any plans? Uh, we're going to Disney to celebrate tomorrow. And, oh yeah, yeah. And then we have the Dopey yeah. coming up. Uh, you actually, are doing we have dopey. the Dopey coming up one weekend, followed by the Disneyland races the next weekend. Okay, well there you go. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. We'll. And you're going to wear your hat again so I can recognize you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's a big deal. We look forward to seeing you. Uh, sadly, I won't be out in California, but look forward to seeing you in January. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to doing it again. There'll be my second dopey and Mia's third dopey. And awesome. We have the very best cheerleader, Missy, coming along for the craziness. I'll see all three of you. Fantastic. Jason and Mia, congratulations. Missy, great job with the support. Uh, we don't want to overlook that. That's fantastic also. Thank you so much for sharing the uh, stories and spending some time with us. We appreciate Our it. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. On Saturday in Van Buren, Arkansas, the run for a veteran 5K, our buddy Joe. Joe said it was beautiful weather. I got a great shirt out of this one. And the Three Amigos, which is how Joe refers to his friends who run in the 70-plus 
year-old age group, finished first, second, and third in the age group. Joe didn't tell us where he finished, but uh, what do you think, John? So I want to know which one is lucky, Dusty or Ned. (laughs) You know, the the three amigos ride again. I got you. I got you. Hey, good job, Joe. I mean, we, we joke a little bit. But uh, I'm very proud of Joe for doing these things. I mean, that's that's tough. Not a lot of guys Joe's age are out there doing that. We know of at least three, though, and that's great. Good job, Joe. Let's move on to Cedarburg, Wisconsin, the Cedarburg 5K. Noel did this one. Noel set a PR by, and she wrote down .22, but I think it's 22 seconds. Great PR, Noel. I love the family photos you put up on Facebook uh, with the medal. She's got her young son out there, baby in a stroller. I think it's terrific seeing those family photos. There's a bunch of them this week. In Chicago, Illinois, the Soldier Field 10K. Laura did it, had a great day. She said it was kind of interesting going into this huge stadium and seeing it nearly empty. By almost three minutes, Laura set a PR. In Newport News, Virginia, the Chick-fil-A 10K, Liz ran that one. Adrian ran the Bayshore Marathon in Traverse City, Michigan. Incredible, exceeded all of her expectations, and she set a PR by eight minutes. The Ogden Newspapers Half Marathon Classic in Wheeling, West Virginia. Carissa did this one. It was a a tough course. Uh, West Virginia is a mountain state. uh, And the toughest climb in this one came at about the end of it. But Carissa knocked this one out. Great job, Carissa. In Corning, New York, Mary ran the Wineglass 8K. Now, I didn't see a Facebook post from Mary, but in the race report proper, next to her name, it says PR. Now, I didn't write that there. So I'm assuming Mary did. I'm assuming Mary got a PR. Here's a bell for you, Mary. Hey, friends, you know, I talk about calling the hotline and leaving a race report. Here's how it's done. Hey, Rise and Red podcast group. This is Beth calling from Stillwater, Minnesota. I just finished the Stillwater Half Marathon on May 27th. Beautiful morning, beautiful race. Just finished listening to episode 87 with Chris Twiggs and everyone doing the Key West 100. Got me through the half marathon. Didn't PR, but still finished upright and called it a good catered training run just before starting my first dopey training. Thanks for this podcast community. Really gets me excited to run and can't wait to meet everybody in January. Thanks. Good job, Beth. You are the first person to leave a race report. On the hotline, 727-266-2344. I hope we get more. I enjoyed that. Thank you. In Princeton, Massachusetts, the Wachusett Mountain 10K, Madge ran it. Interesting run. I'm pretty sure this was on a ski resort. It was a 10K run, but what they did that was kind of interesting is they gave the racers two finish times. They gave them a time for their 5K, which was up the mountain and for the 10k which was up 
and back. Weather was perfect. Views were spectacular. And because they gave her two times, Madge PR'd both ways. So we, Greg, we owe her two bells. Absolutely. That's a really unique way of doing that. I've never heard of that before, but that's really neat. I, I kind of get it though. And if you look at the uh, profile on the course, which I'm pretty sure Madge put up, uh, you'll understand it was two different races entirely. And, and you kind of imagine that in a ski resort. She also put some pictures. I, again, I get some of them mixed up. I'm pretty sure I'm right here. She put some photos up from last year where the weather was so bad. When you got to the top, you couldn't see anything, but it was much nicer this year. Really, really beautiful views were, were terrific. Uh, on a much flatter terrain and much lower in New Orleans, Louisiana, the Greek Fest 5K, Stevie and Chris were there for that one. The Buffalo Marathon Weekend in Buffalo, New York, Lori on Saturday ran the 5K. She PR'd the 5K and ran mile three in less than 10 minutes a mile. I think that's the first time that Lori's done that. That's a big deal. Yeah, in fact, it's the first time she's run a sub 10-minute mile in the last 25 years. Great job, Lori. Her husband was there too. Husband cut six minutes off of last year's time. We will get back to Lori when we start talking about Sunday. There was a local community run in Carolina Lakes in Sanford, North Carolina. Mary Beth and her son Barrett ran that one. And again, I, I love the family, the running together family stuff. Her son ran his very first 5K. So we're going to, because it's his very first 5K, Barrett, you get the PR bill. And I think Barrett also ran the kids one miler the same day. I believe that's right. Uh, wonderful event. Mary Beth said a six-year-old won the overall female award. I think it was mostly for kids, but great stuff. In Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania, the What the Duck Run. Trish ran that one. This was a 12-hour run. Started at 7 a.m., ended at 7 p.m. Trish managed to complete 13 loops, about 18.2 miles. Each loop, each loop about 1.4 miles. Looking resplendent in her lime rise and run singlet. You could say she looked quacktastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe you said that, Greg, in Facebook or something very close. Trish, good job. And, and thanks for uh, thanks for wearing the colors and showing out in Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. Also from our Council of Costumes, our friend Pamela did the Milk Run 5K at the Minnesota State Fair. Yeah, she and did. going with her costume, she was all decked out in cow print and looked adorable and even got featured on the Minnesota State Fair um, Instagram. So that was fun. Good job, Yeah, Pamela. she did. I, I saw that. Yeah, Pamela you never- it's moveless. Right. Yeah, you're on a roll, Greg. (laughs) Movilis, quacktastic. (laughs) Hey, this might be the race report, but stay for the farm animal jokes. Yeah, Yeah, thanks, Alicia. Uh, Wasn't in race report, but I did see that on Facebook, and and thanks for bringing that up. That's good. Let's move on to Sunday in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. The Calgary Marathon weekend, the half and the 5K. Adrian ran there. I'm not sure 
which distance. I think Adrian did run, in fact, the half and the 5K at the marathon weekend. In Burlington, Vermont, our friend Heather in the wheelchair division raced and won again. This was the first time that Heather had an actual award ceremony after the race, which I thought was kind of neat. They had the three tiers. They didn't have a ramp for Heather to get up, but I was chatting online, Facebook style with her. We decided that was probably a good idea that they didn't. Uh, what happened in the, in the push rim is the competitive division was one lap and not two. So instead of a full, it ended up being a half marathon, but because of the heat, that was probably better anyway. Um, showed a photo, Heather made the local TV news at the start of this race. Good job. Always glad to hear from Heather. Uh, still in New England in Boston, the run to remember half marathon. Kate did that one. Moving just a little bit west to Honolulu, Hawaii, the hibiscus half marathon. Ashley ran it. PR and an excellent Disney proof of time sub 150 on that half in Honolulu. Good job, Ashley. Shelby ran the Edinburgh half marathon in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, the Ottawa 10K. Tara was there. Great fun. Ran with a local friend that she met through the Run Disney community, and she met some more friends on the course. Way to go, Tara. Tara always PRs in fun, as a lot of our friends do. We appreciate that. That she does. Mm-hmm. Hey, this one's kind of interesting, and I think this is the second time I've heard of this. The Average Joe Run, this one in West Palm Beach, Florida. Jennifer and her husband, Stephen, ran in this one. Now, they both placed in their age group, and this is the interesting part. Jennifer finished second in her age group, as in she was the second person in her age group to cross the finish line. Stephen won as the average Joe which means he finished in exactly the middle of his age group. So they both came out with age group awards. Pretty neat. In New Hartford, Connecticut, Rachel ran a three and a half mile race. This is town number 60. Rachel's one of the folks who is trying to run in, I think it's 160 town races in Connecticut. Pretty oh, neat. That's we've right. Got, yes. Yeah. We've got someone else uh, later on in the race report who's in there also. Uh, hilly race, beautiful course, both roads and trails. Rachel finished second in her age group and fourth female overall. That's a great run, Heather. Way to go. In Portsmouth, New Hampshire, the Cisco Brewers Portsmouth 5K. Donnie did his first run since Dopey. Happy with the results. Under 28 minutes for a 5K. Heck yeah, Donnie. I'd be very happy with that myself. I said we'd hear from Lori again in the Buffalo Marathon weekend. Well, here she is. Lori finished her 140th half marathon. Way to go, Lori. We're going to keep track of that. When you get to 150, we need to do something special there. Uh, race announcers, Fitz Kohler, Rudy Novotny. Great send-off and welcome back. Lori finished in under two and a half hours. Not bad. Remember, she did a PR the day before in the 5K. And during this race, and I saw it, it was official on her Garmin, it said 
she set a PR for the 10K distance in the half marathon. I say we hit it. Now, Monday was a holiday, so we've got races on Monday also. Boulder, Colorado had a big one. The Boulder, Boulder run weekend. B-O-L-D-R, B-O-U-L-D-R. Very clever, those folks out there in Colorado. Uh, Our friend from, oh gosh, I forget when Neely was with us. Neely's the woman who won the Princess Half Marathon, but Neely was there in the elite racers uh, in this event. She was on episode 76, Bob. 76. Thank you, John. Uh, C was there, did the 10 K said this was the most fun she's had in a race outside of run Disney, literally ate and drank through the entire course. You've got to love that. For example, got not one, but two cotton candies on the course. I don't necessarily like cotton candy, but I think it's cool that you can get it. She was wearing a pink unicorn costume. She got to pet a llama. Were there llamas at uh, uh, Bird in Hand, Greg? Uh, no, we uh, we experienced a camel. Camel, that's it. No llamas. llamas are close, my favorite. Though. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. There was a great photo. Great photo of her petting the llama. There were slip and slides. I don't know if she wow. did any of the slip and slides, but there lots of beer. Ended in... Uh, Colorado Uni- University Stadium, home of the Buffaloes. I, I want to know where she got her hat because yeah, I need I that know. for my daughter because her softball t-ball team's name is the Lollipop oh, Unicorns. Yeah. And I think that would be the perfect hat for her to wear out in the field. So if you can if you can send us a link and post it on our Facebook page, I would be extremely appreciative there of you that. Go. That would be helpful. Sayuris also ran this one. She went with two run Disney friends. She, she started out thinking, maybe I want to try to PR this one, but she noticed her feet were getting numb early in the race. So she backed off, kind of took it easy and then discovered that her feet were getting numb because she had laced her shoes too tight. Well, that's a good thing. It may sound funny, but that's a good thing because that's easy to fix. Um, First time she's been at a race where her family was able to spectate. That's kind of cool. Awesome. This really cool to see them as she's coming down through the finish line. Very motivational. Best part of it all, a five minute and eight second PR. Great job. Hey, we've got another race report. Hey gang, it's David from Kennesaw, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. I'm calling in with a quick race report. Uh, this morning, I ran the Memorial Day 15K in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, it was a local race, about 500 participants split between the 5, 10, and 15Ks offered. Um, so I chose the longest distance. It was a hilly course, about 650 feet of elevation gain uh, throughout. Uh, but my goal was to run this race at about a nine-minute mile, just working on my tempo, my goal half marathon pace, uh, and I came in super close, finished somewhere between 904 and 911 mile average, uh, depending upon uh, if you're looking at the race results or the Apple Watch. Uh, but the overall finish time was 124.30 uh, and ended up getting first in my age group, which was great. Uh, but the best part was my wife brought my dog to the finish line, uh, and I didn't know he was coming. Uh, so I got to see both my wife and my dog 
uh, right as I ran on through. So that was my first attempt at that distance. Uh, so you know what that means, Greg, if you wouldn't mind the PR bell. Super exciting. Um, and now just focused on bird in hand in September. So that'll be my next official race and, uh, hoping to see a lot of y'all and the rest of the listeners out there. So thanks everyone. Have a good, uh, rest of your day. Ah, let's go over to England, Essex, England. In fact, the Hatfield Broad Oak 10K. Our friend Amy ran that one. Amy wasn't feeling too well, but she finished with a chip time of just under 57 minutes. Not a, and I will use the preferred European PB, but she took three minutes and 48 seconds, almost four minutes off, off of her course time from last year. And just a little under a minute in chip time off of her personal best in 2019. Fastest chip time 10K since back then, four years ago. So great run for Amy. In Boca Raton, Florida, the Memorial Day Apple Pie 5K. Brooke was there. Great day. Her only PR, as she's calling it, was receiving her first apple pie at the finish line that all finishers got to pick up instead of a medal. Uh, way more fun than the bananas and bagels they handed out. The apple pies looked really good. In Western Florida, the Western Memorial Classic, Robbie did this one, his first real run since the Pixar 10-miler. Good run he ran with his wife. I'm seeing a lot of folks getting back into racing saying, hey, I haven't done it since springtime. or It's time to start getting back, and I see folks doing that. Uh, Quad Cities Running Festival in Bettendorf, Iowa. Kayla was there. Kayla says you can take the girl out of Run Disney, but not the Run Disney out of the girl. She was all costumed up for this one, looking great for this Memorial Day seven-miler. In Knoxville, Tennessee, the Knoxville Expo 5K, Jimmy asks the question, is it normal to PR in a race where you don't get medals? The answer to that, Jimmy, is no. But that's okay because it's not normal to PR anywhere. That's great. Good job. No medal, but a 5K PR. Jimmy's goal is to start building up and eventually to run dopey. In North Stonington, Connecticut, the North Stonington, Connecticut 5K, Sue did this hilly run. Here's another person who's trying to run in, and it's all 169 towns in Connecticut. This is number 130 for Sue, so she's getting there. She PR'd in fun, as a lot of our Rise and Run friends do. I first heard of this one, oh gosh, a couple months ago, and I wondered about it, if there were actually 169 town runs. Well, Sue's got a t-shirt that says on it 169 towns or whatever. So yeah, it's a thing in Connecticut. I think that's kind of cool. And we've got several folks who are giving it a try. Uh, let's finish up this Memorial Day weekend with a couple of, I, I think they're kind of special. In Houston, Texas, the Memorial Day 5K, back in episode 71, we had our friend Jennifer with us to talk about the surgery she'd undergone and how she put it off till after dopey and took her dopey medals into the, actually into the operating room with her. Um, 
it is so wonderful to see Jennifer back out. Absolutely. Yes, yes. I'm so happy for not only, if you see the photos, big smiles all around. Said it felt great. She not only did this, and I'll add a little bit to this in just a moment. She did a modified post-race Murph workout at Lifetime that added another mile and a half in running. So she did four and a half miles altogether. Now, if you're not familiar with what a Murph is, and I've only heard of it a, a little while back, it is a workout named in honor of Navy Lieutenant Michael Murphy, who was the first Medal of Honor recipient in Afghanistan. If you saw the movie Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg, who plays the part of Maurice Luttrell, I believe his name was, he was the only survivor out of this mission. And this Murph workout has become a Memorial Day tradition amongst some folks. I told you Jennifer ran part of one. Our friend Britt ran part of, uh, Britt ran in a complete Murph. Carrie Ann and Mark also did. This was their first Memorial Day as a retired family, but I believe this is the third time they did a Murph workout. Not really a run. Here's what a Murph workout is. A one-mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and a mile run. Preferably, preferably run with a 20-pound vest. Now, some folks modify it a little bit, but Carrie Ann and Mark both did this thing. And, and I had to double check. I had to ask them because I find this amazing. They did it in about 61 minutes. I, I'm not sure I could do it in 61 days. I mean, let me let me do that again. Mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, a mile run. A little over an hour. Special to these two, uh, Mark's brother, Michael, was lost in combat. Mark's uncle, George, and Carrie Ann friend's husband named Albert. They did it in memory of all of those. So a pretty significant and I'm sure somewhat emotional event. And I think really worth, congratulations, guys. Really worth highlighting everybody. I, I'm sure there are others out there who did a Murph or something like it. And I salute you all. All right, my friends, that brings episode 88 of the Rise and Run podcast to a close. Hey, go out and look for our buddy Martinez's book. I read it. We've all read it. I think it is written for you. It's written for us. It's written for average runners. Great guy, worthy of our support. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We look forward to talking with you again next week. My friend, and if you run, you know you are our friend. Thank you so much for listening. Until we meet again, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast 
should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.